Hi, this is Cree Mitchell here, and I wanted to talk about forgiveness and grieving. We recently lost a family member, and it was a shock because it was a younger family member, and it wasn't expected by the rest of us. And he he knew, so he lovingly went around and saw people for the last time. And the last conversation I and, and my family had with him it was just a few days before he passed, and he told us he wasn't going to live long. And uh, he was always saying things, so you just thought maybe he was joking. And he kind of gave some instructions and then told us some things that we would see happening after he passed. And I kind of thought he was joking, but he wasn't. And uh, the one thing he said to me was, he knew that he wasn't going to heaven, he was going to hell. And I was in the kitchen and I came out and I said, why would you say that? And he said, because of all the evil, bad things I've done in my life. And I said, you know, you were raised, sweetie, you were raised in the church. You know the Bible, we've done Bible studies. You know that it doesn't matter what you do, God will forgive you. He loves you unconditionally. I said, even if the thoughts are rolling around in your head, don't ever think there's nothing you could do that he won't forgive you. Jesus died on the cross for you in everything that you did. So all you have to do is ask him to forgive you. And of course, as usual, he and I would have our little discussions. And finally, he gave me a strange smile and said, okay, I know you're right. I said, if you think it, don't say it. Don't put it in the atmosphere. But I need you to do what you need to do to get yourself straight with God. But don't ever say you're going to hell. And he promised me. And it was a few days later he passed. And we didn't discover it until two days after he had passed that he had gone. And there are a lot of emotions and things that go through our minds. Because I know I've gone through some ups and downs. And he and I have had big discussions on like Illuminati, which is a whole other thing in itself. And he was convinced there was Illuminati. I, like I told him, I don't know. Cause, and that there were a bunch of preachers that were in the Illuminati and, and that they need to be watched. And he was adamant about that. And he always said it in a way and he would be smiling. So you didn't know whether he really meant that or he was joking. He liked, he loved to debate. And, you know, he knew I did too. So we were always debating over that, and I'd finally have to laugh and say, okay, I give it to you. Yeah, you, you believe what you want. But in this process of grieving that we've gone through, there have been a lot of disappointing things, and we tried to honor our promises that we made him, my mother, my sister, and I, and it's it's been a journey. It has been a journey because a lot of people have gotten real vicious and mad and blaming and he systematically set things up so that because his, because he was upset with certain of his siblings he set things up where they they wouldn't have roadblocks and these things are out of my control because he did it on his job so they seem to think that sometimes they think that somebody else is doing it and it's not but I looked at that and I realized that the power of forgiveness is a powerful thing Jesus showed it on the cross um, when he had the two thieves on his right hand and on his left. How that uh, 
the one said, if you be the Christ, you know, come down and save us. And the other one said, do you realize that we're here because of what we did? This is an innocent man. It's found in St. Luke chapter 23, verse 39 through 43. It's also found in St. Mark 15, 27 through 32. And the one thief said, you know, he looked at Jesus, the one that got on the other one and said, you know, uh, remember me. He said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Verse 42. And then verse 43 of St. Luke 23. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto you, Today you shall be with me in paradise. And then carrying on in that theme, uh, it, was, it showed the powerful love of God, the unconditional love of God, love without condition, that Jesus was able to speak at that very moment of his pain when he was dying to, to give that man, extend him the love and the grace of God for forgiveness. So I am trying to encourage you today that if you're going through something, no matter what it may be, there's nothing you can do that God won't love you, that he won't forgive you. His love is unconditional. St. John 3 and 16 said, For God so loved the world, mankind, that he gave his only begotten son as the final atoning sacrifice for our sin, that whosoever believes on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So I'm here to tell you today, believe on him. Call on him. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're walking through, you don't have to get your right straight, life straight for God to, to touch for you, to be with him, for you to go to heaven. All you got to do is just look to him and ask for help, and he will straighten it out. It's not a matter of um, doing the isms and the schisms that Christianity sets up for us to do. It's a matter of you and him working out your relationship, because it's a one-on-one -on -one thing. When you stand before him, the church will not be there. The denomination will not be there. None of that. Post, popes, priests, preachers, nobody's going to be there. It's going to be you, him, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost. And the cloud of witnesses. And you're the book, your book, the book on your life will be opened up. And if the blood of Jesus is on those pages, you're good to go. And that's all you need. He knows that we are flesh. And he knows that we screw up sometimes. And he knows that. All we need to be doing is pressing toward him, trying to get closer to him, getting to where we want to know him. One of the other things that um, I want to look at regarding forgiveness is not just our relationship with God, but our relationship with each other. Our relationship with God is one thing. And then our relationship with each other is another thing. Uh, I heard one individual say the cross, the up and down, the longer post of the cross is God's relationship with us. And then the shorter end of the post or his hung's hand, his hands hung is man's relationship with man. And sometimes forgiving each other, we have to realize it's a process. Uh, Peter asked Jesus in St. Matthew chapter 18, how many times do I forgive my brother who offends me? Seven times, and Jesus told him, 70 times seven. And that's a lot because you don't have time to keep count. 
And uh, that's what we have to realize. Forgiveness isn't just forgetting. Forgetting may come later. The memory may stay there. You know when you've forgiven, it's when you hear that individual's name and there's no pain, there's no flinching on the inside, there's no withdrawing, there's no recalling, recoiling. Uh, there's no hard feelings, no hardness in your heart. You know. But there's a softness and a pity. Whether the offense, if it's brought up, somebody brings it up, doesn't matter anymore. That doesn't matter. That's, nah, I can't about that. I've moved on. You're able to move on and not hold any animosity toward them. That's when you know you've forgiven. And I'm going to be honest with you. I want to let you know that does not always come overnight. Sometimes you have to keep saying, I forgive. I forgive. You have to remind yourself. And as time goes on, you process that in your heart and you're able to move on. And there's sometimes that the individual may be of such that they will hum themselves and come back and they will apologize. They may never, but they might. And they want uh, a relationship with you. And that's up to you how you do it. Sometimes things are destroyed because they weren't built on a good foundation, that relationship anyway. And God has to build something else. And there's sometimes there's, there's never anything that's ever built. That's okay too. It wasn't something that needed to be. It was only for time or was built on the wrong thing. And there are times when you have to uh, look at forgiveness from another standpoint. Because there are people, no matter how you love them, no matter what you do, that you may just have to distance yourself from them. And a lot of people say, well, that's wrong. You, you need to come together. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes some people are so antagonistic. They are, they have such an opposition toward you. And it's due to jealousy, hate, fear. It's a number of things that are going on in their lives that they're antagonistic to you, that, that you're not able to establish a relationship with them. And you have to move on. Romans 16 and 17 says this, Mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned, and avoid them. And notice it says divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine, the teaching that you have been taught, the teachings of Jesus Christ, and have no dealings with them. And it's not just about, there's some ministries out there that you know are totally opposite of what you know and what you feel is right. You distance yourself from them. Sometimes you have to do it with family members, friends, whoever it may be, because you've forgiven them, but if you hang around them, it's going to pull you back into a dark place that you don't want to be. So you have to give them that distance and move on. I talk about my grandma, Mary Lou, Cresha, all the time. And that was one of the things she helped me to handle. She helped me to realize that you can't change an individual's childhood or their adulthood. And they were all handed what we would call a uniform, a life. We're put in a situation in a family. We didn't pick, but we have to deal with it and we have to wear it with the grace of God. And forgiveness doesn't mean that we have to open ourselves up to continual abuse. And, and forgiveness doesn't mean that your life, your breath, your ideas, your essence, everything that you believe in has to be discounted so that the other individual can feel like they're superior, they're mature, 
they're the one that's right. That's not forgiveness. That's not. If they, if you're being demeaned by this individual, if you're being mistreated by this individual, if you're told what to do, what to think, what to talk, what to breathe, and you're out there trying to reestablish a relationship, that's abuse. And it's actually witchcraft because manipulation is witchcraft. And so what you need to do is take your little self and distance yourself. Like Paul said, have no dealings with him. Doesn't mean when you see him, you don't say hello, keep moving. I'm not going to fellowship with somebody. And I've had to do that through the years. I'm not going to fellowship with people that are going to cause me to go to the dark side. Either keep me constantly angry or constantly doubting myself and degrading myself in order for them to feel good. That's not a relationship. That's not a friendship. That's not a marriage. That's not part of being family. You can have blood relatives, but they're not family because if they're trying to demean you and to destroy you in order to make them look good, no, I, someone at work, I, I, on my job, I, I, they're in another department, but they're constantly demeaning and demeaning, 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 and, and always wanting to hug people. Well, I just passed them this past week, and I, I sidestepped the hug. You, I know you don't like me. It's evident from what you've said to me and to other people in my presence. I don't hate you. I'm not holding anything against you. But we're not going to play this game. I prefer for my enemies to face me. Don't come around smiling like a friend and want to pat me on the back because I know there's a knife in it. So I'm just going to be honest and say, you know what? I love you. I love you at a distance. But no, we're not. We're not, we're not going to do stuff together. We're not going to. No, we don't have that kind of relationship. There is none. It's broken. And like I said, some things God will repair from the ash. Some things are not. And it's okay. God will replace them with somebody that you need to be in your life. I'm always asking, I'm asking God constantly to help me be a better person. But if there's somebody in my life, I'm also praying. Remove them and place them with who needs to be there. And if I'm in somebody's life and I don't need to be there, tell me, check out time, sister, and let me go to where I need to be for growth. That's the main thing. People are not going to always understand your good intentions. And they're going to get offended the word of God lets us know that offenses come, but woe to them, Jesus said. Who brings the offenses? There's some people who are just born offended. Doesn't matter who it is, no matter what it is, they just offended. They're offended because you're breathing. They're offended because you're living. They just offended because they can be offended. And they're in the church, out the church and in the church. But that's okay. That's okay. That's their choice. And I leave them with it. I recently talked to a, a relative in another town, called me just a few days ago, and I had put a post on uh, social media about forgiveness, it's similar to what I'm talking about now. He said, it helped me out so much because I was dealing with siblings, and, and there was a, there was some things that happened, and I was angry, and I was mad, and I promised, you know, a parent that I wasn't going to say anything to them. I was just going to keep going, he said, so I moved to another town so that I wouldn't confront them about some things they were doing. And I and he said, I read your post. He said, I wondered if I was right. When I read your post about being able to move on, like Romans 16 said, you mark them. I know. And that's not in a bad way. This is like, okay, well, I'm going to put a fork in the road here with me and you. Love you. Got to go. And he said, I, I did right by moving on. I said, yes, you did. Because it keeps, he said, I was able to heal and I'm able to forgive them now and I, and I'm, I can move on. 
I said, sometimes that's what it takes. It takes distance in order to let that wound heal. And you have pity and compassion. And he said, I feel, he said, I feel sorry for him. You have to move to a point where there's compassion and love. And until you get to that point, distance. Sometimes distance, and it's weird, but that's what it needs to be. We have to distance ourselves from people and from sick circumstances and situations that are not conducive to our growth. You know, my grandmother Mary had a lot, a lot of philosophies on things, but she was always teaching us. She said, I want to teach you about real life, how to deal with people in the real way. And uh, she wanted to teach us about perseverance. And sometimes when you're going through and you're working out your process of, for of forgiveness to people who have offended you, who are also probably offended by you, because they feel they're justified in offending you. Uh, they will keep coming and keep doing and keep saying and, and trying to demean your character and destroy your integrity. And and uh, you have to get to a point where what they want to do is basically make you cave in and crawl under a rock and never show your face again. And uh, it's at those times that you have to blanket yourself in the word of God, wrap yourself in the faith of God, and let him hold you. But you also have to stand, Ephesians says, having done all the stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about the truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, uh, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Realizing that our liberty comes in Jesus Christ. It's not in us, it's in him. And that's found in Ephesians 6, verse 14 through 17. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, or whence you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God. Knowing that Jesus has got you, wrap your mind around that. Wrap yourself in his word that he loves you unconditionally. He's not forsaking you. Second Timothy 1 talks about God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, of self-discipline and self-control. And in those times when you're walking out the grieving process and the forgiving process, remind yourself of that. I got control of the situation. I don't have to be like Cain and get angry and lash out and do something destructive. No, like God told Cain, you know, sin's at the door. You need to deal with it. You need to deal with it. You need to deal with it. We can deal with it and we can move on. But also you don't have to cower. You don't have to go about your life enjoying it and living it the way you've always done. My grandmother used to always say, she would tell my grandpa in one of her teachings with us, she said, listen to this. And they would be arguing about something. She said, if my, I could be dying on my last leg. If my breathing irritates you, I'm going to keep breathing just for the hell of it. If my living irritates you, I may be ready to throw in the towel. I'm going to keep living. I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to give you that. I'm determined to keep living just to irritate you. So I'm saying that in a sense that you have to take that resolve and say, you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give in. I'm not gonna let them get me. I'm gonna take a stand. <coughs> Excuse me. 
and enjoy my life and do what's best for me in the long run. This is Cree Mitchell saying, I love you. God bless you. Remember, Jesus loves you. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, God is not forsaking you. He will never forsake you. I pray his peace surrounds you, your spirit, soul, mind, will, emotion, and physical body, and every negative, adverse spirit and event that is sent to try to destroy you and word. I plead the blood of Jesus upon you, and I release his love and his peace to keep you. Walk in peace. No, God's got you. You got his favor. Nothing can touch you. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Victorious in Jesus Christ. This is Queen Mitchell saying I love you. God bless.